0: Company of Wilmington, Delaware, makers of better things for better living through chemistry, presents the Cavalcade of America. Tonight's play, The Secret Road, the story of the culpers of Long Island, the six spies who changed the course of American history. Our star, Lee Bowman. <laughs> 1780, late in the War of the Revolution. New York City is in the hands of the British, but the French fleet, bearing a well-equipped army, has sailed for Newport in Rhode Island. With the French fleet rides General Washington's last meager hope of victory. A storm is raging in New York Harbor. The storm roared on through two days and nights, and on the third evening reached a hurricane peak of howling wind. We, who were trapped in the British prison ships out beyond Governor's Island, rolled and wallowed in the filth around us, while the gale drove in from the southwest and yanked and tugged at the hawsers along prison row with a mad giant's muscle. At dawn on the third day, I was sent stumbling up to the deck with a pail of slops to empty overside. I did what I had to do, well to the Lord, and then I saw the hawser that made us fast to the next ship in line. I saw it sway and tremble, and then the straight rope broke with a sound, believe me, just as the books describe it, like a rifle shot. I made it to the shore, I'll never know. But when I could think again, I was lying with my face in mud on a partly cobbled beach, a landing place of some sort. I gasped the mud out of my nostrils and looked around. I was ashore on Manhattan. Then I heard a patrol. A British patrol pushed myself back through the mud out into the icy harbor water. Waited. Waited. With only my head upon the filthy tide. Then I gathered myself together and ran. Ran for dear life. into a doorway. In here. What? In here, you fool. Come in. A British uniform. No. Come back. I'm a friend. I, I stand in need. A friend. Believe me, I am. Open in the name of the king. The door is open. What do you want? Blimey. An officer. I am an officer of the king, yes. Now, what do you want? Be quick about it, my good man. We are searching for fugitives, sir. Off the prison ships what broke up in the storm. We thought we saw one of them running here. I heard footsteps outside this door not three minutes ago. I looked out and I saw a figure running disappear around the corner down toward the docks. You'd better be after him, Sergeant. Oh, yes, sir. We'll get him, sir. We'll get him. Good man. I hope I've been right in this. You there in the kitchen closet. They're gone. Come in here now. And keep your hands up. You, uh... You said you were my friend. I hope I am. I hope so, pistol pointed at the guts of a friend. That's strange friendship, friend. In my business, friend, I can take no chances. Now, who are you? Captain Grant Ledger, late of Bland's Continental Dragoons. Captured by the British, sir, in the Carolinas. Imprisoned at His Majesty's pleasure in His Majesty's stinking prison hulks out yonder in the bay. The wind blew me in. Well... Captain Ledyard, by all its holy man, man, roll up your sleeve, your right sleeve, roll it up. Very well. There you are. What? You are, Captain Ledyard, you actually are. Your arm was tattooed in that anchor design when? At New London when I was young and foolish and a sailor. <laughs> Most fortunate caprice, Captain. I've been set to look for you, sir. Why whom? By one of the great men of Earth. One who knew you at Valley Forge. General Washington? Yes. He said, look among the men in the prison ships. If you see a tall, straight cavalryman with an anchor engraved in blue on his wrist, get him free. Talmadge can use him. The great storm set me free. But who are you? And who is Talmadge? Well, to our our mutual friend, I'm known as Culper, Jr. To my Lord General, Sir Henry Clinton, I'm known as Robert Townsend, a useful bootlicker and gossip, a merchant of sorts, and an officer in the Home Guard. You're a spy, Mr. Culper? I am a spy, Captain. Who's that? Another of our company. Come in, Austin. County boy, I'm hungry and thirsty. Mostly I'm thirsty. What? Who's this drowned rat? This is Captain Legard. He doesn't know it yet, but he's made to tell me it's his new courier. Uh, Captain, this is Austin Rowe, who also rides for us. Howdy, courier. Oh, you been clamming, son? No, I've been for a swim. You couldn't have picked a better day for it. Mighty nice weather out in the bay. Sit down, Austin. No, sir. (laughs) I'm going to save my sitting for later. Now, look here, county. I've been riding since dawn yesterday, with my stern sheets in the most shocking condition. The jug's in the cupboard, Austin. Good. <laughs> ah, she's full. I was expecting you, my friend. You know, I sell this stuff back home. I don't know why. <laughs> well, <laughs> bottoms up. Uh, take it easy now, Austin. Ah, sure, Tony. sure. <laughs> There's work to be done, says he. Said. There is. And there all is <laughs> What well, is it this time? You will convey Captain Ledger here to his new post of duty with Major Talmadge in Connecticut. The Major has need of a new man. That's a pleasure. He's looking at you, Captain. Listen to me often. You too, Captain. Week in and week out, I send information out of New York by way of Long Island to General Washington up in Westchester. Usually it's almost meaningless. Routine. The weekly count of regiments to the line, ships in the bay, fortifications built or abandoned. But today... You got a big one, Tony? The biggest. So big I tremble. And so big it's best for you if you don't know what it is. Now, there'll be no written message this time. Good. Abe Woodhull had to swallow the last one. (laughs) Darn, you choked to death. Quiet, (laughs) Austin. We have a new system. Look here. You see this pile of blank paper? Yeah, I'm a stationer, among other things, Captain Legend. Mm -hmm. So I see. Now, this stack of foolscap. Now I count off the sheets from the top. One, two, three, four, five, six. I place the six sheets back on top of the pile. All you have to do is remember the number. Six. Six it is. One half dozen. Like the fried eggs. act. Exactly. When you have delivered this innocent choir of writing paper to my very good customer in Connecticut, you will tell him just one thing. The number. Six. You will start at once. But, Tony, I ain't that yet. You can eat at Under dunk's Tavern in Brooklyn. Your horses are there. And, um, I fear, Captain, you'll need to wait to, till then for dry clothes. Well, I'm pretty well dried out now, thanks to your fire. And I'm used to worse than this on the prison ship. But, yes, my friend, you have been my friend. But the uniform. Oh, yes. Well, I am one of the small, fortunate group, Captain, I'm an officer of the Tory Home Guard, General Clinton's pet merchants. He tells us what to buy and sell at a delightful profit. Then, of course, we share the spoils with the general and his staff. And he trusts us. You see, we're thieves together. You're a brave man, my friend. You're nonsense. I shake in my boots. But before many hours are out, you'll meet the bravest of the brave. Hmm? Who might that be? Culper, Sr. Well, then, the number is... Six. six. Good. The of you uh, The ferry to Brooklyn was closed when we reached the slip. By sudden order of General Clinton. By sudden, ominous order. Something surely was afoot, something big. But a pass signed by Robert Townsend, our Culper, Jr., opened the gates to us. As if by magic... After a hearty meal at Onderdonk's Tavern... Ah! Ha! Ha! That's more like it. Nothing like a good steak for breakfast, even if a man does have to eat it standing up. Uh, Mr. Rowe. Oh, they call me britches. Short hmm? for leather britches. <laughs> well, Briches. I'm in a daze. Things have been happening too suddenly. Well, in this business, Captain, sudden is the way things happen. Sudden or suddener? Uh, this, uh, this man Townsend, Culper, Jr., who is he? You heard him. He has a finagling sticky finger in every army supply contract the Britishers gives out, see? Makes thousands every month. And every cent of it he uses to buy food for yarn poor devils in the prison ships. Unbeknownst to the redcoats, of course. Oh, I wondered where the fresh food came from. More than that. He's a reporter for the papers. <laughs> in a nice way, that it is. It's strictly social. Huh. A journalist, too. Yep, he writes for Jim Rivington's high-tone Tory Gazette. Gossip, mostly. So every Redcoat officer in town butters him up to get his name in the paper. Oh, he's a sly one, it's downing. But uh, who is Major Talmadge? The talk it, boy. He's the end of the road, or almost. His writers work out of Fairfield in Connecticut. They take the stuff to Washington. You'll be one of them. Uh-oh, here they come. Who, oh, man? Who is it? Just our horses. The everlasting horses. Come on, let's get out of here. Man, I sure am sick to death of horse flesh. That's a mighty good-looking pair of That's ought to be. Hey. hey. You know who owns them? Who? Oh. General George Washington himself. His own private personal property. And you know where they're stabled? By order of Robbie Townsend. Of course I don't. Where? In General Clinton's own private personal stable. That's where. (laughs) How's that for pure all-fired Yankee call, (laughs) eh? Come along, man. We got 60 miles to ride. Avocade Story, The Secret Road, starring Lee Bowman as Captain Ledger. (laughs) Long Island was a strange place in the fifth year of revolution. One-third patriot, one-third Tory, on third neutral. We were stopped once by the British, but Townsend's pass saw us through. Now look, out here towards Suffolk, it ain't the British that'll bother us. There's night riders, bandits, but they play both sides against the middle. They kill a man to get his gold tooth to sell. Whoa! Now let's walk them a bit, eh? You, uh, you have that choir paper safe? Sure, sure, in the saddlebag. The number is six. Yeah, six it is. What happens, happens if we're stopped by those marauders? We ain't stopped, that's all. I see. We shoot our way through. You're learning, Captain. Better look to your pistols, priming and all. I have. I'll tell you what. I can pick them figures out by the cut of their jib, see? Most of them spends their loot in my tavern and see talking. Man, I can smell them every time. If we're stopped again and it's British, I won't say a word. Just you pull out that pass for him and talk birdie again. But if it's my and friends, I'll yell out, Up the culprits. Up the culprits, and, and we start shooting? Without any waiting. Three-mount? Yep. That's a funny thing. Horses are supposed to get tired out, but not us. Oh, no, not tonight. Not not. All oh. what's written on that seventh sheet of paper. Well, it's probably a recipe for chocolate pudding. Hey, Captain. Yes. Hey, uh look. I don't see so good anymore. I'm getting old, I guess. <coughs> now do you, uh you see a big house on top of yonder hill against the sky? Yes. Well, that's Raynham's Hall. Robbie Townsend's Paul lives there, and his sister. British headquarters in these parts. How many lights is lit in the second-story windows? Two lights. Good, good. She's nearest then. Austin! Austin! Here we are, Miss Townsend, right here. Austin. How's my brother? Is he safe? Oh. don't be scared, miss. The captain here's one of us, a new one. My brother. He's safe and well. We must press on, Miss Townsend. The horses are at their usual place. Goodbye then, miss. Goodbye. My, my love to Robbie. Queen Village of the Northern Shore, my hometown. <laughs> hey, uh, take a good look at yonder pasture gate, will you? Tell me how many bars are up. Three or four? Four bars. Yeah, uh, fine. We can climb down now. Oh. If we can make it. Oh! Oh! What's the matter? I, uh. I got sort of peppered back there in Jericho. You're hurt? Yeah, that's the reason I can't see so good a little blood, sort of dizziness. You go ahead. Oh, but I, I, I can't leave you here. And I live here. My tavern's just up the road. I can crawl home. Now, you take the saddlebags with the paper. Go ahead. Up through the pasture, the man you want is Abraham Woodhull. And the password is... The password is is it? fool always gets home. Uh, What's he look like? What? Huh? Well, he's he's a long, tough string bean with, with terrible saddle sores. He, he scarce can sit. Oh, he said to call him Britches. That's him. Ah, the fool won't rest up. I I'm a timid man, sir, and he's a tarnation idiot. He gives me trouble with his loud mouth yonder at the tavern yesterday, Colonel Simcoe and his red jacket came around snooping here, snooping there. He... Oh, well, sir, I took to my bed. Nervous prostration. You... You're culprit, senior? I am, sir. Since you know so much already. What do you expect to find, sir? A hero? A bloody hero? Oh, I've been doing this work for three years. Three years, man, day in and day out. I'm the head man, but my, my nerve is gone, has been gone. For three years? Mr. Woodhull, this saddlebag, look, man, the message I carry is of terrible importance. Yes, they all are. Oh, we've got to figure it that way. Yes. All right. I'll come over here to the window. Now it's dawn now. Look over yonder point of Strong's neck over there. All I see is a line of wash. Sure thing. Annie Strong's clothesline. You see a black petticoat? Yes. How many pairs of underdrawers? Huh? Three. Yes, three. I make it. That means we meet Caleb Brewster's longboat in Conscience Bay number three cove. Uh, we? Well, yes. Maybe I ain't quite used up yet. Besides, friend, you might miss your way. Young fellas tend to get lost. How shall we be going? Eh? Huh? Hi, Caleb. Hi, Abe. Who's this? A new man. How are you, sir? How uh, do? British got himself shut up a little. Mm, what about not where it hurts him most? <laughs> Good. What's up? Got to get the captain here over to Connecticut. He wants to see Major Talmage on business. Can do. Maybe. Trouble? Yes. Had a brush with a British sloop coming in. Dodged her, but she's still out there. Do you mean to say there's a British warship off the harbor here? Yeah, just a little one. Well, what do we do if she stops us? Board her and sink her. Come along. Pile in. We ain't got all night. Number is six, Major Talmadge. Good. One, two, three, four, five, six. And now the seventh sheet. And this is the first time we've tried this, Captain. I hope to heaven it works. Can I help you? No. I just brush this yellow stain here over the paper. And I... Good. It does work. What is it? A secret ink. Captain, can you write again tonight? Of course, if I must. But where? To General Washington. He must have this information tonight. And there you have it, gentlemen. We knew that General Rochambeau, with our French allies, had arrived off Newport in Rhode Island. Now we know that General Clinton has decided to send the entire British fleet bearing half his military forces in New York against the French Armada. If he seizes upon the French in the process of disembarking at Newport, then our cause is lost. Is there nothing we can do, General Washington? Very little. What I can do, I have already done. I have sent messengers out with instructions to let themselves be captured. Each one bears false dispatches in my handwriting. And the forced dispatches say that the American Army plans to attack New York in force in a matter of days. Given a miracle, that may urge General Clinton to turn back his ships to protect New York. Major Talmadge. Yes, sir. I cannot sit quietly here. Is there a place where we might observe the passage of the British fleet up the Sound? Yes, sir, near my quarters, outside Fairfield in Connecticut and opposite Port Jefferson. I shall join you there with my staff at sunrise. We met on a headland near Fairfield in the gray light of dawn. And as the sun came up, so oh, the sails of the British fleet swam into view, eastward bound against the French, a mighty naval force carrying a mighty army. If we hadn't known the purpose of that fleet, it would have been a beautiful sight. General Washington, sir. Yes, Major Talbot. The message from Culper Jr. Well, he said that the Britishers had made plans to return to Whitestone if New York is threatened. Yes, I know. That is why I sent out the false riders. To be caught. Their signal to turn about was to be a hilltop fire and a cannon shot on Eaton's Neck in Huntington or Crane's Neck in Torquette. They're past Eaton's. All the ships are past. Major. On the headland opposite. On Crane's Neck. A fire. But was it a signal fire? It was so far away, too far to be sure. Then we heard... As if from a thousand miles away, the faint boom of a cannon shot, an answering puff of smoke went up from Clinton's flagship, standing out ahead of the fleet. And then... They're turning, sir! They're coming about! Look at the ships! They're turning! They're heading back for New York! Thank God and the culprits, the French are saved. And... our cause is saved. and their assistants were sworn to secrecy so long as they should live. No member of the band ever broke that oath. It was not until a few years ago in 1939 that the scholarship of historians and the skill of handwriting experts unearthed the identity of those unsung heroes by deciphering the Culper code. Let them have now the laurels they so richly deserve. Abraham Woodhull, the organizer and leader... Robert Townsend, the source of information. Austin Rowe, the writer. Anna Strong, whose clothesline carried signals. Caleb Brewster, master of the longboat ferry over the sound. And Benjamin Talmage, the last link in the chain to General Washington. To Lee Bowman and the Cavalcade players for tonight's true story. <laughs> tonight's DuPont Cavalcade was written by George H. Faulkner and was based on material from the book The Secret Road by Bruce Lancaster and published by Little Brown and Company and the Atlantic Monthly Press. Original music was composed by Arden Cornwell, conducted by Donald Boris. The program was directed by John Zoller. With our star Lee Bowman, you heard John Griggs's role and Tom Collins as Townsend. Others were Arnold Moss, Carl Weber, Scott Tennyson, Lily Lodge, and Robert Dryden. And this is Cy Harris, reminding you to be with us next week when the DuPont Cavalcade will present The River Finds a Master, our star, Robert Young. The DuPont Cavalcade of America came to you from the Velasco Theater in New York City, And is sponsored by the DuPont Company of Wilmington, Delaware. Makers of better things for better living through chemistry.